Hey everybody, this is Liliana Milleva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in woman's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode release. All right, let's dive in. Welcome everyone for Menopause Made Easy new episode. I am thrilled to be today with Tammy. She's clinical nutritionist and a wonderful expert who want to share her knowledge with all of you listeners. And welcome Tammy. So I would like to let you know a little bit, introduce yourself by telling audience and everybody how you decide to help women in perimenopause menopause and postmenopause in this range of age, what happened to you? What was your experience and how come up to the, this idea to help this woman? Oh, thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Diliana, for having me here. I really appreciate it. And being part of this community and, and other women coming forward and speaking on this topic. I love that more and more of us women are talking about perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause, all important phases of our lives the taboo of it is starting to fade away. I didn't know about perimenopause until I was in my late 30s. And I was on the phone with my mother and I was just not feeling my regular self. I knew something was off. And I told my mom, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like my PMS is on steroids. She had a good laugh and then said, welcome to perimenopause. (laughs) And I know, you know, a lot of people be like, wait, you were in your late 30s. How can that be? And this is where I kind of started asking a little bit of questions. I didn't dive too much into it until I went back to school in my late 40s. So I started undergrad at around age 46 and started feeling more of some of those symptoms stirring (laughs) that happens during perimenopause. But it was when I was in grad school where I needed to have my full brain (laughs) <laughs> for all of my exams and my casework and all the things that I had to do in the grad school, which was a lot more in-depth work, I found I was having challenges during school. And I knew it was more of the symptoms of perimenopause. So the cognitive, what I call cognitive glitches were happening. I was starting to feel more of some hot flushes. I wouldn't get like really hot, but I was starting to feel like in a room, I'm like, who turned up the heat? I was having problems with some sleep off and on just a lot of some of the common things. Dizziness was also one of my symptoms as well. And you would think that being in a medical school, which is where I attended, what's the National University of Natural Medicine, which is a school that teaches holistic nutrition, as well as naturopathic doctors and classical Chinese medicine, that there would be some education. There wasn't any. I was that person in class who I would bring up in all of my classes and in my biochem class and our nutrition assessment classes and other classes bringing up, well, how does this affect women in perimenopause? Where does this play a role? And a lot of them were like, I don't know. So I got a little upset with that. I also experienced ageism for the first time and that was shocking. So I decided while I was in grad school that this was not okay. For someone such as myself, who was getting a degree in health and in nutrition, that I wasn't getting the education I needed to support women of this stage. Because every year, about a million women will enter perimenopause. Over a million women. That's a lot of us. 
some of us are still in it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I just kind of realized this was something that I had to do. I needed it for myself to figure out what to do for myself, but I also wanted it for all of my female friends that are going through this because you know, my generation of women are, and friends are going through this, but also all the women that I don't know personally providing something to them. And then the generations that will be coming into it because I want them to be prepared as well and not come into it blindsided going, what the heck is this? Why is this happening? So I provide education on what it is, what it isn't, and help women figure out what to do for their body and their symptoms. Do you think they are aware of what's going on? They know what's happening if they're in perimenopause or menopause? I think because of the terminology that a lot of people use, that a lot of women are confused. They think they're menopausal. Like those like, oh, I'm in men I'm menopause. I'm in menopause. And I ask them, are you still cycling? Yes. If they say yes, I'm like, then you're not, you haven't hit menopause yet. If you're still having your period, <laughs> then you're still in perimenopause, or we might call it menopause transition. We're transitioning to menopause because menopause is just a moment. It's a day. Yeah. You know, it happens when you've gone 12 consecutive months without a period for no other reason other than it's just you didn't have your period for 12 months. So it's not diet related or medicine related or medical related. After you've gone 12 months, happy birthday, you've hit menopause. Congratulations. Now you're on the other side and you get to experience the stuff what's on the other side. But before that, they can uh, have a perimenopause years which can last decades and they even don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's why you are here to educate and uh, bring this awareness that can happen, start to happen changes in emotional, mental and physical level. Uh, like 30s, as you say, your own experience can be very different for each woman to each woman can be very different experience, but in general, what they need to be aware of when they notice that some these changes happen, they can start to make more research or search for experts like us to help them to navigate what more is during this journey. Yes, exactly. And I feel like a lot of women don't realize that some of the symptoms that they might be experiencing could be related to perimenopause. I do have a checklist that I give to women that has over 60 different signs and symptoms associated with perimenopause. But I also want to point out that some of those symptoms could be related to adrenal situation or thyroid or low minerals. So if someone has a vitamin mineral deficiency, some of those symptoms that we experience could be related to that. So I always recommend to the women I work with, like go get testing to rule these out Let's rule them out. And if they are there, let's deal with them on top of everything else. Because no matter what, every woman is going to go through perimenopause. We're all going to hit menopause one way or another. It's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know, but if they know even where they can check this, uh, at least uh, I don't know where you locate it. But here in Canada, it's not so easy to receive this test. Uh, they need to know where to go exactly to make this test, to make this check. I know another lady who do that online eventually to make kind of tests to understand the hormones level and what's going on. But what do you suggest where they can find this kind of testing to help, special help for them to uh, understand what's going on? Well, when it comes to testing hormones, there's three different ways of testing. Here in the States, I don't know. I think in Canada, I think you guys can get the Dutch test up in Canada as well. Yeah. 
eventually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you find the right person. <laughs> it, it's one of the tests that I use with my clients, mainly because what I'm looking at is going to be different than what a doctor is going to be looking at. But there's three types of tests that a woman can do to test her hormones. One is a serum. So that's checking what hormones are in the blood system. That's not necessarily meaning that they're active. That just means that they're there. And when they're there in the blood system, they could still be bound to a protein molecule that's holding on to them until the body's ready to use them or not, and then just get rid of them. Then there's saliva testing of hormones. And most of the stuff I've come across regarding saliva shows what's actively being used in the body for hormones. And then there's the urine test, which the Dutch test is a urine test. That's looking at how the body used the hormones and then metabolized them out. So with all of those, they're going to vary because our hormones change throughout the day. So we might test at 10 o'clock in the morning and then have one level and then test at six o'clock at night and have another level. So I say, take it with a grain of salt when you're testing and also knowing where in the month our endocrine system will react very quickly when something goes awry, (laughs) whether it's something positive or negative, our endocrine systems or our hormones are responding. And they're kind of, some people call them the canary in the, in the mind you know, telling us something's up. So I love hormones. I love talking about that. (laughs) So other testing that women can do is having their thyroid tested. And that's testing everything. I know it's common for them to just test TSH, but that only gives us one number. And there's some people that are still looking at sort of the conventional ranges of thyroid. And so a lot of women are not getting diagnosed with either hyper or hypothyroidism. Also, so you want to check your T4, T3 levels, free, whatever. And then if you know that there's a history of autoimmune in the family, check your TPOs for an autoimmune because all those will play a role in perimenopause because estrogen and progesterone plays a part with our thyroid. Having adrenals checked. So doing a cortisol test, that's checking to see how much cortisol your adrenals are dumping into the system how much of it is just roaming around, how much of it is active, how much is being used, how it's being used. So checking your stress response and then also getting a nutrient evaluation as well. What are your iron and B levels like? What is your magnesium levels like? Getting all of those checked because a mineral deficiency and a vitamin deficiency in general, like your micronutrients, those can also lead to some of the symptoms. We hear about hair loss in perimenopause. That could be related to thyroid or it could be related to low iron or it could just be an imbalance of the hormones between your androgens and estrogen. So there's a lot of things that are there that we can look at. And it might seem overwhelming, but if they do work with someone who is proficient in this area, they can help weed through all of that stuff and just narrow it down and say, here's what you need to do. Go do these things. We'll go from there. Wonderful. Thank you for this valuable information. How you help? Do you test uh, these elements that eventually may miss from the nutrition or how you help? With my clients, I'll do like a very thorough nutrition assessment. So I'm asking a lot of questions around their sleep, their stress, bowel movements will tell me a lot as well. Energy levels, also how they're feeling, like what's their mood like? So the mental health part of it. So I'm asking a lot of questions And then I will also look at their diet. So in every session, I'll do a 24-hour, what I call 24-hour diet recall. 
and someone will tell me what they ate over the past 24 hours. And it gives me sort of a snapshot of what nutrients that they're getting in. And then I'll compare that to what they're sharing with me in terms of symptoms. So that's the main thing that I'll do. If I need to, which I try not to overburden people with running a bunch of labs, most of the time I'll send them back to their doctor and say, have your doctor with these labs. I will have them run a lab so I can see how things are going when I consider what's going on under the hood, so to speak, right? Yeah. During perimenopause, there's a couple of things happening to us during this time. One, we are losing more muscle mass very quickly during this stage. It will balance out once we get into postmenopause and just be equivalent to the typical age-related muscle loss. That muscle loss also impacts our ability to utilize glucose. Estrogen plays a role in the cells to tell the mechanism that reports to the other mechanism to activate insulin that it's time to activate so it can take glucose into the cell. So there's an estrogen receptor in the cell that's part of the process of the whole workings of getting glucose into the cell. So because there's that decrease in estrogen, we are more prone now to insulin resistance or pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So that would be something that I would look at at a lab. Like we need to have that panel looked at because we need to see how well you're managing glucose. Another thing that will happen is our HDL and LDL, so our lipids, will also change. Our HDL levels will start to drop as we notice our estrogen levels drop. Estrogen has a fun relationship with HDL and helps manage that. So we'll see it, our LDL start to go up and our HDL go down. So then again, I look at the diet and I look at other factors that are going on with them in terms of lifestyle and I'll make adjustments around how to support the body with the types of lipids or fats that they're eating and helping the change that's happening and helping the body to manage that change. That's all I'm trying to do is help them with the change. Yes. So, so needy and uh, so, uh, so important. So yeah, how diet affect actually the mental health and the uh, hormone imbalances? Yes, most definitely. To throw this out there in terms of a lot of mental health and other health issues, whatever you had before perimenopause, if it wasn't resolved or managed when you get into perimenopause, there's a really good chance it's going to come back up and it might be harder to manage. Depression, anxiety, eating disorders, those will become more prevalent during perimenopause. They don't talk a lot about the increase of women in midlife in eating disorders. There's wonderful books and research articles that talk about this particular group of women that some of them did have an eating disorder as a teen. Some of them never had one until they got into perimenopause. And there's like a whole other topic on that one. Mental health, to share personally, I've dealt with chronic depression for as long as I can remember. And it's one of the symptoms for me that is challenging during perimenopause. So I'm doing all the diet and lifestyle adjustments that I can with it. And what works for one woman may not work for another. So that's where personalized nutrition and personalized lifestyle care comes into play and working with someone to help them find that personalized care. So do you have any gift to offer our listeners? Also, do you work with only one-on-one or you have also a program or something, group program? Right now, I'm doing one-on-one sessions. I'm currently working on creating a program that I'm calling the Perimenopause Primer. 
which I do have an ebook that is sort of the cliff notes, <laughs> a bit of that program that is available for anyone who would like to have that, which goes over just some basic knowledge of perimenopause as well as diet and lifestyle aspects to support. Eventually, I will have a program up that will be available for women to sign up for and do that. Eventually down the road, I do plan on having more group stuff because I know women, they do really well and it really helps us as women to be able to talk with other women and share. It kind of makes it less stressful. <laughs> and we can laugh about it, right? We can yes, laugh about it. Oh, yeah. I got today. <laughs> I, what I suggest is really uh, uh, take a more optimistic and uh, cooler side of this, what's happening. It's making it more, uh, really easy and helpful. But I know that there's a situation that's difficult to <laughs> think uh, <laughs> with the funny side, but it's, uh, it's good to laugh on ourselves. It's better to take it in the white right side. So if you want to resume our conversation, what is the one thing that they need to remember and they can do to help themselves even today? Oh, gosh. One thing? <laughs> There's so many. I know. So, so, so many. But just one thing that they can inspire them to take some action if they need some specific help. I really feel that women could take a step and realize that their health care is very important. I know a lot of us are caregivers caretakers, we take care of everybody. So we forget to take care of ourselves or we put ourselves last on the list. And I'm finding with more of the women that I'm working with that have done this for so long, including some of the women in postmenopause that I work with, it has a really big impact on their health when they put themselves last for so long. This stage of life, I think is the wake up call for women. The body and the mind, every part of us, it's saying, hey, we're important too. We need to be at the top of our list. It's not being selfish at all. Because if we aren't able to take care of ourselves and then our health is compromised because of it, we can't fully show up for the people that we love and care for. We can't show up in our careers and for our friends. So I feel like that's one of the things that I would say today to the women is really take a moment and reflect on how you're taking care of your own house. I also want to throw in there, since menopause and this whole topic is getting bigger, I've seen a lot of stuff being thrown out there because a lot of women get desperate during this time. And they think that they have to do X, Y, Z, or they should do this. They should do that. And don't should on yourself. Just don't. Just don't should on yourself. Really take a time and find what will work for you when you do decide it's time to put your health care first. It's time to take care of you now. So really look into that. Find those people that really have your best interest in mind and who are there to support and help you versus help and support mainly their bottom line. <laughs> Thank you, Tammy. How they can reach out and work with you? Well, they can go to my website, which is getplantedinhealth.com. Or they can email me, which is info at getplantedinhealth.com. I'm also on Instagram, which is Planted in Health, and on LinkedIn, Planted in Health. So those are all the great ways to reach out to me. Even if they just have a simple question or a big question, just throw it at me. I'd be happy to help. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your wisdom today, for your knowledge and so valuable information. Thank you for listeners to tune in again and listen to our episodes. 
Don't forget to come back again uh, for the new episode I release every month. And I hope you all the best and I see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning into Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, eHeart Radio and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopausesupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.